Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, uh, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also Co-Editor of PW Comics Week. I'm also the Graphic Novels Review Editor for Publishers Weekly, as well as the Editor of Comics Beat at www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer, and I write for both PWCW and The Beat. Uh, This week on uh, More to Come, Comic-Con. Comic-Con International, I should say. New imprints this week. Uh, Marvel's relaunch, and that's a relaunch and not a reboot. Um, The Harvey nominations and the last of the Zerich Grant winners. Um... But uh, we're uh, the week before the San Diego Comic-Con International, so let's get right to it. Um, the biggest pop culture extravaganza in North America. Uh, an, an annual mecca for nerds like us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's yeah. kind of coming at us. It's a big, overwhelming uh, 130,000 plus people and... Um you know, it's a big carnival. Yeah, boy, where do we, we where do we begin? Well, um. <laughs> I think it's important to point out that there actually is comics at Comic Con. They have yes. a bunch of amazing guests. You know, from Gilbert Shelton to Katsuhiro Otomo. Um, you know, Kate Beaton, Lynn Johnston. Um, I mean, tons and tons of people who we don't haven't even had time to look at the names of, the but comics, they are going to be yes. there. A lot of comics people are going to be there, yes, and yeah. uh, so and they all have spotlight panels, and uh, there's quite a few. Panels that we've even noticed that have comics content that people will be able to yes, go yes. to. Yes, yes. Believe it or not, there are comics at Comic-Con, and quite a few of them. We swear. Um, yes. I mean, uh, regardless of the fact that most of what you'll probably hear in the media coming out of there, it will be movie news. That said, uh, you can always turn your dial to us uh, or, or your, your, uh, your, um, your web browser, and Publishers Weekly is going to be there and covering uh, all the stuff that goes on in the comics world. Uh, I mean, where to begin? There's so many things. Um, the, uh, Heidi mentioned the spotlight panels, and these are these are really terrific, um, very focused panels on usually on an individual artist, almost always an individual individual artist. Among the, the the those that I've got on my list, we've got spotlight panels on Kate Beaton, Nate Powell, uh, Jason Shiga, Jeff Lemire, uh, Scott Snyder will have a, a spotlight panel. The two creators, uh, John Lehman and Rob Guillory, they'll have a panel. Um, the list goes on. Becky Cloonan, Jeff Darrow. And I'm leaving out some because I've only gone through the first two or two and a half days of programming. So I'm probably leaving some stuff out. Um, just panels alone. Let's see. Uh, there's a uh, Creating Diverse Characters panel. This could include Marjorie Liu. Uh, Brandon Thomas, um, uh, the uh, the Comic Con special guest, the uh, science fiction writer N.K. Jemison. Uh, there is a um, uh, there's a bookstore, comics and bookstore panel that's going to be uh, moderated by Tom Spurgeon of the um, of the Comics Reporter. The list goes on. Uh, a womanthology panel for the uh, the Kickstarter anthology. Um, I could yeah, go I mean, on and, and on. Also, you know, of course, all the publishers have panels as yes. well. Um, I mean, endless panels, really. I mean, Marvel has their next big thing panel, which we'll be talking about in a little bit more. Um, you know, panels for DC, Vertigo, Legendary Comics, Oni. I mean, Dark Horse. Uh, Dark Horse is one called Uncle Creepy Presents. 
Um, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I'd there like you go. That. Let's yeah. see. There's a panel on Superman. There's a panel on the Ultimate Comics. Uh, if you go to Room Six D E, it kind of just uh, uh, alternates between Marvel and DC. Uh, they'll have a new 52 panel. Um, let's see what else. Judge Dredd's have celebrating his 25th anniversary. Uh, let's see. There's also the 75th anniversary of Prince of Valiant. Everyone will get bowl haircuts at the uh, yes. panel. There's a panel for uh, Baby Mouse uh, by Jennifer mm. Holm and Matthew Holm. Let me see. Uh, gosh, I'm just looking quickly over. Uh, well, let me I'll jump in really quickly. There's a there's a uh, there's a couple of digital comics panels, but there's uh, there's one on Friday that actually was featuring uh, moderated by uh, Rob Salkowitz, um, uh, who uh, has written the book, the recent really released book, uh, Comic Con and the uh, the Business of Pop Culture. Uh, he's going to be talking with David Sternberger, um, uh, Mike Richardson of Dark Horse, Ted Adams of IDW. Um, let's see. Um, there's also uh, Comixology is having a panel, uh, everything digital. Uh, there's craft. There's lots of craft panels there oh, yeah. as well mm-hmm. as how-tos. Um, let's see. There's a whole track of, of that. You know, they have these kind of every year, but uh, every year people want to learn about them with writing for comics, uh, marketing your comics, um, legal issues with comics. Uh so, uh, you know, if there's, I, I'm looking at the grid schedule. There's at least like five tracks out of comic yeah. uh, programming going on at each and every time. So, you know, despite all the attention, that, and we do it too with all the Hall H yeah. shenanigans, I mean, there's actually this whole gigantic Comic Con oh, yeah. that's the, uh, by far the biggest uh, in North America. Yeah, Comic Con um, is very much about yeah, comics, yes, regardless yes. of the complaints you hear. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, there will oh, be retailer panels. Comics Pro will be, uh, now they usually have a whole track yes, too. Yes, they have a whole track on Friday yeah. of uh, programming and yeah. then there will doubtless be you know, but there, there are other retailer uh, panels uh, spread out. Like uh, there's a panel, retailer, Retail Optimism, that's uh, going to feature a bunch of retailers. Uh, Cardiangelo from Earth 2. Um, what's this? Amanda Emmerich from Muse Comics and Games. Um, and the list goes on librarians. Uh, the Graphic Novel Library Awards panel will be on to talk I'm, about the Yaltsa listing. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, even uh, we will have panels. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Let's so talk let's about see. the ones let's we're going to be involved in. Panels. Let's see if I can remember what time I'm going to be on these panels, because I have <laughs> a bunch of panels that I don't even remember entirely. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the time. Well, one of them I'm on is a repeat that I... Uh, this will be the second time I've done It's called How to uh, Get a, a Promotion for Your Panel, or for Your Comic, excuse me. Um, and uh, that is Thursday. Uh, let's see. I am looking. I am looking. Well, instead of humming and hawing on this podcast, anyway, okay. uh, how to get attention for that? I'm Wasn't also, there a bloggers uh, panel that you're on? I, I'll get to that. Comment, oh, okay. Actually, I was going to go down the list of the panels that All I was right. on. Right. So the next stuck. panel that I'm on is also on Thursday, which is uh, a conversation between Kate Beaton and Lynn Johnston. So I'm very honored oh, to be on that cool. one. Very and cool. uh, that. Panel is uh, on. Tell you what, Cal, why don't you talk about your panels? Okay. Well, we figured all this out. Okay, now yes. if I can remember where my panels are. Okay, well, I'm going to be on a, on a tongue in cheek panel, the Nappy Hour, where um, basically comics related people of, of my persuasion, uh, moderated by Keith Knight, who's also of my persuasion, uh, will be there. And I'm told it's um, um, a PTI for geeks. So uh, I'll be there, and PTI? it'll be a yeah. Well, uh, if you're not familiar with PTI, which is a sports TV show, ah. 
now, uh, I don't know whether that means they're going to be throwing sports questions at me or geeky questions at me in the manner of a sports show. Either way, I will be there, but um, I'm sure it'll be funny even if I'm not. Um, Keith Knight, and I can't recall who else is going to be on the panel with me, uh, but uh, I believe that's on Friday afternoon. You know, we're all so well prepared for these panels. <laughs> As you can it's tell. really kind of astonishing, to uh, be honest. I'm also going to be on the J Manga panel, and those of you who don't know, J Manga is an online, um, uh, a, an online site offering uh, access uh, for pay to uh, digital manga. Uh, it's uh, um, organized by 39 Japanese manga publishers, uh, partly uh, to uh, step up their, their, their ability to get a reasonably priced digital manga to the fans and also to frustrate the, uh, the, the, the digital pirates who are posting all the manga online and scanlation sites. So uh, I will be on there with Robert Newman, the business manager of J Manga, and uh, Deb Aoki of um, About.com, their manga expert, and there may be one or two other people. You know, I can tell you one other person who's on your panel is uh, Keith Knightsrada and also Spike. He's, uh, oh, Spike says he's Spike so Trotman, that's, yes. That's cool. Yes, She's that's awesome. right. I She's love also Spike's on the panel. Yes. yes. Uh, so that's good to know. And uh, I am moderating a panel on Sunday afternoon, uh, and it's called Serious Pictures, Comics and Journalism in a New Era. Uh, we're going to look at the convergence of, of uh, uh, visual storytelling and, and hardcore journalism. Uh, and we've got a great lineup of people, um, uh, Susie Cagle, Andy Warner, Stan Mack, um, Jen Sorensen, Ed Pisker, Dan Carino, and uh, Chris Butcher, the ever-present retailer, will also be on the panel. Yes. So that Sunday afternoon, I believe, is at 3 o'clock. Okay. More uh, to come on that. I have, all right, you know what, here I found my uh, panels. No wonder I didn't remember when the first one is. It's at 10.30 in the morning. Not a good time. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> that's how to get news coverage at 10.30 on Thursday. Uh, and then at 1 o'clock, I am on the Trailblazers of Comics panel. It's a conversation between Lynn Johnson and Kate Beaton. Very excited about that. And then at 7 o'clock, uh, I have a, the blogging panel, uh, which we're calling the Bleeding Alliance of Beat Reporters. It'll be a no-holds-barred showdown between myself, Tom Spurgeon, Rich Johnston, and Andy Okay, somebody Corey needs to take video of, of that for the ages. Of, uh, it's the battle of, of the bloggers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is should be a uh, you know eagerly waited, although it's opposite dinner, so maybe no one's going to come. But uh, I the, the, the Comic Con's panels seem to be slipping later and later into they the evening. Absolutely are. There's no time for dinner. I mean, mm. how dare they hold Doctor Horrible sing along at eight thirty? I'm, I mean, I'm appalled. Know, I know. I'm Indie appalled. comics and marketing yeah. at seven o'clock. What, what is it, people? And then on Saturday, I must. Moderating a panel on uh, Nevsky, the graphic. Novel. Oh yes, yeah, so, yes, yes. They we're all interested uh, in that. Will be all about movies and comics. Uh, yeah. Sergey Eisenstein, for those of you who like that. So uh, yeah, not too much to do for yeah. us at yeah. the con. We'll uh, be busy. Otherwise, we'll be just. Uh, Let me throw in one thing more about the Black Panel, sort of the annual Black Panel uh, done every year by Michael Davis. Uh, apparently, Shaquille O'Neal will be on it this year. So uh, well, that's an interesting choice. Uh, something to keep in, in mind. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in in the celebrity side of things, I was just looking over, and you know who's going to be at the con? Apparently, is Jackie Chan. So that's all right. Cool. So you know, and Shaquille O'Neal. So yes, in our right. celebrity uh, celebrity. Um, Spotting. Uh, kind of very a quickly now, there, there's going to be a, there, uh, the, the con is spreading out through all, <laughs> certainly all of the gas lamp districts. Yes. 
uh, as it you know has you know broken the bounds of the convention center. So uh, there are going to be events kind of spread around a little bit, uh, some of which are you know well, basically, artist events. There used to be some weedy spots out in back of the convention center. And where you could kind of catch your breath or wander around a little bit. This year, every single square inch within probably a one-mile radius is going to be taken up by something Comic-Con related. I mean, the studios have found every little spot that could possibly be turned into a carnival. Warner Brothers has a 20,000 square foot carnival. Was it 20 or 60? Anyway, they have a whole thing set up <laughs> right big. in back of the convention center, right in back of Hall H, actually, so they can have easily shuttle their celebrities in between... Uh, and um, that's going to have six Batmobiles and a Lord of the Rings games, demos, and you know people from um, you know Big Bang. Oh, that's a uh, yeah Big Bang Theory will be wandering yeah. around, and you know so it, it, yeah. that is right and back. And then traditional areas such as that little sandy spot next to the Hilton is going to have some. I think. They're having an NBC setup. There's another vacant lot that uh, Yahoo's taking over. And I just heard that Shifty Look, the video game company, is setting up a carnival uh, next to the Hilton in this kind of little chicane area where they had the Scott Pilgrim experience a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, And there's more. There's pop-up stores. There's that art exhibits. And Trickster, of course, is moving to oh, a, yes, different, a different oh, location oh, yes. than it was forget, last year. But it's a bigger location. Ah, so even it's better. kind of by Petco Park. But, uh, oh, and Petco Park is going to be oh, right, yeah. dead. <laughs> and there's going to be a Cartoon Network scavenger hunt also, and a Cartoon Network Adventure Time art exhibit. So, you know, you you will, you, to say that it's inescapable at, at Comic-Con, uh, even if you don't have a ticket. But yeah. last year there we is, joked that you could go and not bring a ticket and have just as much of a comic book experience. But now I feel like that's inarguable. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. you could definitely... Fact, it, you could come to Comic-Con and just... Not don't bother with the convention center, you know? I mean, don't get it's too hard to get in anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I mean, this WB thing sounds like they're really doing their whole Comic Con setup. <laughs> yes, it's like their the own Comic Con. They're so, launching their own. Yeah, so. All right. So, uh, as you can uh, tell, there's plenty to do. Yeah, there's plenty to do. There's plenty to see every year. Uh, I give the same advice, uh, though, when I actually took it last year. It's like every year, you, if you're going to Comic-Con, make a to-do list as for, for 2013 right now. And that way, you'll be able to revisit it and remember all the dumb mistakes you made this year so you make new mistakes next year. So. <laughs> exactly. Sounds great. All right. New Bring imprints. Food. New yes. imprints. Um, uh, this was a week of announcements uh, of new imprints. Yes, for holiday week and uh, and a sh- you know ho- week with a holiday in the middle and before Comic Con, people were just busting at the seams to get their announcements out there. So, um, uh, Kate, were you following the news? Or? I was indeed no. following the news. Um, there are two new digital imprints of great note that have come out. One of which is Monkey Brains, and I believe. Calvin, you uh, had some thoughts on the success of Monkey Brains? Uh, well, I know they're launching with, uh, what, five titles. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether it'll be successful or not, but um, they're joining <laughs> a whole group of other publishers across the board who are, you know, launching um, Well, this is an imprint set up by, uh, by Chris Roberson, the writer Chris Roberson, who kind of left DC in a little bit of a state. Oh, right, that's right. That's right. And, he left uh, over the uh, Before yes. Watchmen. Uh, yes. Yeah. And he actually has had a long time existing science fiction imprint called Monkey Brain. So this is kind of a mm. digital comics uh, spin off of that. And it'll be ex- distributed exclusively through Comicsology, uh, launched with five titles, um, one of which by um, 
Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover called Bandit. It's so cute. Everybody's already been talking about that. And and what is really amazing is that it was announced at a press conference on Monday afternoon, and then it was trending on Twitter for quite a while after that. And and it's kind of uncertain because Twitter trends now things that you might be interested in, which is kind of bogus if you ask me. But there was no question. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about monkey brain. And so it was going to launch on July 4th, but because of all the attention, they launched it right that day. And apparently it's already, you know, the books are being downloaded and already got a lot of noise. The magic of the A very smart uh, launch, I would Mm -hmm. say, by Chris Roberson and his partner, Allison Baker. I mean... And not only that, it speaks to their technical competency, because usually a press release goes out, and then sometime, vaguely, when they sort of said it was going to come out, you get some digital comics, which yeah. may or may not work. Yeah. Whereas they were just ready to go. Yeah, they did really. I mean, they've only been working on this, I heard, since January, so that's pretty good. That's like, pretty kind good. of a, you know, some, some, heed, heed the, heed this launch, study, study this launch. Um, and the other, uh, the other kind of digital thing that launched this week was, uh, well, there's a couple of others, but one of them is called The Whole Story. And this is, this is more of a uh, kind of a Kickstarter. Yeah, it's an interesting inspired. business model that yeah. they have, where basically you can pay a little or you can pay a lot, and you get a little something different depending on what you yeah. Were it's willing a, it's to a pay. pay for the next few weeks. It's a, you pay what you wish, um, and then if you pay a lot, you get an extra bonus download. Um, so. Uh, and if you pay a little, you only get the the book. But it's all you know, graphic novels, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's graphic yeah. novel centric. It's not, you know, individual issue. No. Yeah. Do you do you have that some of the creators who are involved? Let's or? see. Uh, let's see yeah, there's so much news yeah. this week. We don't even know the news. Um, let's see. From, well, uh, yeah, there's a long line. Oh, okay. Let's see. Awesome new comics from Ryan Estrada, Box Brown, Nam Dung Yoon, Ryan North, Meredith Grand, Don. Hertzfeld, Doug Tenapple, Jeffrey Brown, Erica Moen, KC Green. Um, it's a pretty interesting list of creators here. Yeah, definitely indie centric. Um, yeah. And Shannon um, Garrity, uh, Spike, uh, once again. Uh, yeah. So this, uh, I guess the takeaway is digital's the way to go here, man. You know, there was another, yet another uh, one that launched that was more of a web comics portal. I just got an email about that one, and this is where you could. It's kind of a portal, and uh, who had launched it? I should read my own website once in a while. Um, unfortunately, as soon as I post the news, I forget it. But uh, anyway, I don't think there's any uh, disputing the fact that the digital model is very viable lots and of stuff thriving. So. Yes. Um, Great. Uh, and also, just yeah. I think just the diversity of material that these are offering, I think that's really exciting. A large, uh, I don't want to say large, I mean, it's not as, uh, you know, we don't know how big it is yet, but it's definitely caught the attention of a lot of people, yeah. a lot of readers, definitely. Well, interestingly enough, as you mentioned it on your blog, um, that DC put out a follow-up survey on the New 52, and so I thought, what the heck? And I took it, and it was almost entirely about digital. I mean, they had some leading in questions asking you what you had bought, book-wise just in general, but it kept asking questions about digital, like, did you get digital? How many? What percentage you would get digital? Like, do you want more digital? If you buy digital, will you then buy a print individual issue? To which I think the answer is obviously no. I mean, you might buy graphic novel, but why would you rebuy? Um, But, I mean, they ask. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of digital questions. And 
and they even ask like how close you are in miles to your local comic book store. So um, they're clearly paying a lot of attention because it was again from Nielsen, which I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's a very thorough. Yeah, well, you made it. You made it all the way through. I made it all the way I through. I didn't make it. Yeah. So you know, um, the other the portal that I was just mentioning is called Epidemic of Web Comics. Um, st- uh, put together by Wide Awake Press. And uh, it carries uh, Ben Tall's Oyster War, uh, Muscles Diablo by Pat Lewis, uh, Rashi Rabbit by Josh Lada, and a couple of others. Um, again, very indie focused. And again, these are this is a portal. It's where you go, and the, all the comics are hosted on their individual sites. But uh, you know, you just could subscribe and see when they're updated. So um, it's another uh, model that's gaining in uh, appeal. Yeah. All right. Um, next on our list, Marvel's. Uh, Relaunch. Don't say reboot. <laughs> well, for those of you out there who may not know, and I and I learned this week uh, in in the comic book industry, there is a difference between a reboot <laughs> and a relaunch. Uh, a reboot being what happened with the New Fifty Two. Marvel has something else in mind. And you know what it is is um, some new titles. They're going to be rolling out a new title a week starting in October through February. So far, um, I think there's twenty one titles that it looks like there's going to be. Uh, and if you ask me what the new titles were, uh, one is called Uncanny uh, Avengers. There's another called the All New X Men. Um, like writers like Rick Remender and Jonathan Hickman are very much involved. Uh, Bendis will be writing the X Men. I think that's been talked about before, or rumored before. Um, it's hard for me to keep track of these Marvel things because they always have like ten X Men books, and now they have mm-hmm. like yet another ten X Men books and <laughs> well, Avengers books. That I, think, have yeah. titles, but I think with the relaunch, they're shutting down old titles right. and replacing them yes. with new titles, mm-hmm. or keeping the same title but renumbering it, or keeping the same title but renaming it and changing the costumes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so what, they really though, the what they aren't doing, though, what they aren't doing are making comics. big changes in or dropping the continuity in any way in the ways that uh, we saw happen in well, the think, New 52. I think they may be making big changes, but I don't believe they will be changing previous continuity, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the, uh, of course, it's all become a sliding scale at Marvel anyway, so it's been 50 years, you know. So, yeah. um, But for instance, I mean, in the X-Men book, uh, they were teasing the return of Jean Grey, and, and what they're doing is... The original five X-Men from the 60s time travel to the present and, you know, have to learn about things like iPhones and uh, doorknobs, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, which is kind of a high concept idea for a book, to be honest, but... Uh, well, they have to be from another universe or something if they're from the 60s. Or from the wherever, the original five. I mean, I don't know in the con- in the current continuity okay. how long ago that was. It's the f- five characters who originally yeah, debuted yes. 50 years ago. But yes. it's all that very... That I read about when yes, I was a kid. exactly. It's <laughs> all very malleable. When I was I, 10 I, years old. I think what's interesting <laughs> to talk about in terms of... Uh, it's being, this program's being called Marvel Now, uh, exclamation point. I think what's interesting in talking about it is that uh, Marvel has been under a lot of pressure to keep their bottom line boosted because of uh, internal pressure from their chairman, Ike Perlmutter. Um, I think this is a smart move on their their uh, part. I mean, it's definitely going to get a lot of attention. It's definitely going to keep the books looking fresh. Uh, it's rolling out over a six-month period, so they'll be able to keep the excitement rolling for quite a while. So, I mean, I don't really look at this as uh, so much of a... I, uh, I mean, it's definitely a business-oriented move, let's put it that way. And I'm sure, sure. the creators will uh, absolutely do their best on it. And, um, you know, and certainly a, DC's, you know, the success that DC had with the New 52 absolutely. Uh, is absolutely. tied very directly to this, absolutely. obviously. Yes. Um, and so one know. thing they share is an interest in attempting 
to make things jump onable for new yes, 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 <laughs> yes, best yes. Best word ever. Yes, there you well, go. I mean, to, to try to eliminate some of the thicket of continuity well, yeah. that can often alienate new readers. Right. They're not getting rid of any of the continuity. Yes. They're just not talking about it as much. Yes. Well, there aren't going to be the little footnotes yes. that say, as you recall, dear reader, in issue 346, yes, they really do have those footnotes. Yeah. I would be very... Uh, well, I've been totally baffled just by the news of the relaunch, so I'm probably not the person <laughs> yes. this is aimed at, but, you know, we'll go with God. So. Uh, and but they have some great uh, creators working on them. John Cassidy mm-hmm. is returning to penciling. Uh, Jerome Pena is doing a book. Um, you know, so far the talent analysis has been um, uh, pretty pretty good. So. I imagine we'll be hearing a lot more after the con. I guess we will. Absolutely. I guess right. we and, will. And then one thing that we've learned is that there's obviously a, there's a lot of little secret nerds sprinkled throughout the mainstream media, and they love nothing better uh, than doing a, exactly to talk about uh, how the comics that they read when they were thirteen year olds yes. are, are being like tweaked a bit. So, uh, so this is a a, a, a smart and, and and probably capable. Um, uh, uh, revisiting of the Marvel Universe right. so to the just others, keep the conversation going. Yes, and the others, another, you know, the headline is that the other shoe dropped, but it kind of rolled down the stairs. Yes, okay. okay. And on that note, uh, <laughs> we're moving on to the Harvey, Harvey nominations. nominations. Yes, yeah. so. Um, a very interesting uh, Named after the, 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 the great uh, EC editor, um, Harvey Kurtzman. Um, what have we got here on these uh, in on the uh, well, voters, nominations for this year? Voters uh, love Jason Shiga, that's for sure. Um, I mean, everybody loves Jason Shiga. The, that's true. The quirky creator of such books as Fleet and Meanwhile and uh, Empire State, and Empire, a love yes, story, right, which was a book for which he mm-hmm. got four nominations. Uh, um, you know. People always uh, have a beef about the Harveys because not that many. It's very easy to sway the votes. It's very mm. obvious that quite a few people at Abrams Comics voted because there's 22 nominations a lot of Abrams for Abrams. So uh, what are the qualifications for voting for the Harveys? Should be a um, a comics professional. So yeah. basically, any comics professional who remembers the Harvey exists yes. can vote yes. now. Yes. Oh, but we'll go quick, very quickly. I mean, the, for the best graphic album original, we've got Empire State, uh, as we said, uh, all from from uh, Abrams Comics by Jason Segel, Habibi, uh, Infinite Kung Fu. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Jim Henson's Tale of Sand from Arkea, One Soul from Oni Press, page by page, also from uh, Amulet Books, but also that's Abrams. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's going over the list. There's not too many uh, outright howlers, as there were a few years ago when a book called NASCAR Heroes was nominated, very clearly. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't I know. I mean, looking at some of the best that. new series yeah. listings has uh, my eyebrows raising here. Um, what would those be? Uh, the best new series are Angel and Faith from That's Dark That's a Buffy Horse. spinoff, correct? Yes. Uh, Animal Man from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Daredevil from Marvel Comics. Our best, that's a new series. That's it's a, awesome. It's I mean, a, yeah. it, is, it is actually super well done, but when anytime you say Daredevil is a new series, series, it's like, yeah, new, new by a very, very technical definition. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Last Mortal from Top Cow, Ozma of Oz from Marvel, Rachel Rising from Abstract Studios. Mm-hmm. Well, I think three of those actually were pretty good. Have, yeah. The also have an odd habit of, of listing the winners without the names of the authors. Well, this is not true for their online comics, though, oddly. Yeah. I suppose because 
the uh, writers are their own publishers, so they can't hardly ignore the writers. Yes, that's well, the case. You know, I think everybody sees the Harvey nominations come out every year, and there is a certain segment of the comics reading uh, Cognoscenti, the, uh, what would you call it, the pundit class, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, throws up its hands and, and walks away in a huff. Um, I think if you get... You just have to get your own voting tong together. I've actually told people, this is all you need to do. You just need to get 20 of your friends together for a pizza party and have a Harvey nominating party, and you'll get who you want on the ballot. So, you know, I throw that out there. The system is that easily gamed, and that's why nobody respects the Harveys. Okay. But that said, but if more people took part, it wouldn't be that easily gamed. That's right, exactly. Um, but I have to say, the nominations for Best Online Comics are uh, widely varied and quite impressive. Uh, Battle Pug got on, Bucko, Delilah Dirk and the Turkish Lieutenant, Gronk, and Hark of Agron. Yeah, that's a good... No, I th- not, all of these, not all of these nominations are stinky. I no, mean, no, there, no. there's nothing yeah. on here that's outright embarrassing. No, no, no. It's just, it is very clear who voted and who didn't vote, so... <laughs> all right, yeah. Okay. And Mask then, Our Heroes got on one year. Yeah, really? That's yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. you have enough friends to get on the ballot. Hey, why not? I mean, yeah. Well, speaking of awards and grants, I uh, just a uh, quick note about that. The last Zarek grants were announced today. And this is a program set up by Peter Laird, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, back in 1992. I think as a tonic to his partner, Kevin Eastman's establishment of... Um, Tundra Publishing, one of the greatest boondoggles in comics history. But uh, for 20 years, these Eric's have been giving publishing grants to worthy creators uh, to publish physical editions of their books and also to give them money for marketing. The money has to be spent on publishing and on marketing. And uh, over the years, it's given us some pretty amazing books uh, by people like Tom Hart, Derek Kirk Kim, uh, Jessica Abel. Um, I mean, it's really a who's who of the indie comic scene who have uh, won Xerox. And there is always a selection committee every year that's made up of other cartoonists, and they do a very good job. So this year, um, the final final Xerox are given out, and there's quite a few. Um, I know Aiden Koch is on there, and um, uh, let's see. I should, again, once again, look at my own website. But um, anyway, it's a, it's a typically quirky and eccentric mm-hmm. list, and I think kind of... Xerox went away just because uh, there's so many other ways to get your work out there yeah. besides publishing now. So, but, but I mean, they are publishing, publishing in print. Yeah, well, we do web publishing or, or you know, through Kickstarter is a way to fund now. Yeah. There's crowdsourcing. There's, um, you know, Kindle yeah, it's, publishing. There's it's not all competition for the same grants. No, not at all. Not at all. So, I mean, I guess they just felt that the uh, that need was gone. The need was gone. But you know what? I think there was a lot of selection that went on with. Uh, the Xerox that we really haven't seen uh, replaced yet. So, anyway, uh, goodbye, Xerox. You did a lot of good work. That's for sure. Uh, great. And now it's time for the news. News briefs. Um, Viz has decided that they're going to be offering digital manga now for Android devices at some point in time in the near future. They announced this at Anime Expo. One year after Tokyo ruled that they were going to let the youth protection ordinances, which would prevent the sales of anime and manga containing extreme sexual content to minors, uh, not one publication has been banned. The Tokyo Metropolitan Government claims that this is proof that their law is working, that clearly no one is publishing such filth anymore because they are so scared of the law. Uh, this country is called a chilling effect. Yes. 
retailers are banned from displaying such publications anywhere where a minor might see them. Not only are they not allowed to purchase them, they're not allowed to even see them mm. on the shelf. Uh, but the Jap- Japan Magazine Publishers Association claims that this is in no way a chilling effect. It's just that the Tokyo Metropolitan Government is too cautious to ban anything and has just not done anything with the law at all. So they basically the publishers are saying they don't have the balls to ban anything. <laughs> right. They went through all these like you know <laughs> these machinations to, uh, to pass and, this law. You know, people and they don't have the cojones to actually enforce it. <laughs> or you know, once they got their their headlines out of we're putting this this into effect, then they couldn't be bothered to do anything all else. Right. But if ever there was a time to be glad for politicians being lazy, <laughs> yes, this would be <laughs> yeah, it. That's okay. So there you go. We win. Okay. Um, on much the same note as the uh, Xerox ending, Ad House's distribution wing, Ad Distro, is closing. Um, it was a distribution business for small press comics, including you know many from overseas. But uh, Chris Pitzer, who is the publisher of Ad House Books, says that there is no longer a need, that there are many other distribution channels for these books now, and that he'd like to stop working so hard on distribution. <laughs> and so uh, it is much appreciated, but it is going to its deserved beloved rest. All right. And one more thing. A commercial success story is Lego Ninja Go. Yes, following in the footsteps <laughs> of Star Wars and Batman, Lego is also doing ninjas and a ninja comic. And it is so popular in its first three issues that for its fourth issue, Tomb of the Fang Pyre, the initial printing is going to be 425,000 copies of... Uh, comic about about Lego toy ninjas. projects <laughs> about toy products a toy project but <laughs> but Lego ninjas versus vampires Wow. Yes. Hey, if it yeah. sells, man. You know, That's kids right. love Legos. That's kids it. Love ninjas. Kids yeah. love, love Lego ninjas. <laughs> That's pretty much the story. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a popular franchise, uh, ever more popular. And uh, the first volume had a two hundred thousand copy first yeah, printing. So. so you know, it's just more of the same. And these kind of sp- well, it's it's not so much more of the same because usually the first issue of something is the highest numbers to have increased by. Over twice. Well, I mean, I mean there's impressive. still more popularity. Um, you know, yeah. even at even I mean, a two hundred thousand copy first printing. Well, I know it's fairly astonishing, but, it, but it's impressive <laughs> that it kept climbing. Yes, instead oh, of without like, a doubt, reading it and then being like, "Oh, it's Angel Legos," and moving on. Without a doubt. Well, I think apparently volumes two and three also debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. So, uh, the, the the enormous popularity of Lego. Uh, just continues yeah, to and, like. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, just 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 Go for a up. little little background. Uh, Lego's really been into comics for quite a while. They yeah. used to do these little giveaway comics with their Bionicle line. Uh, now, dear departed Bionicle line, but they're very smart mm-hmm. at launching these lines like Bionicle and Adventure Island, and now on yeah. Ninja, Ninjago or Ninjago, however you say mm-hmm. it. And um, so, comics are a big part of it, and kids like the comics. So, anyway. and uh, the artists, uh, Julian Yates, will be at Comic Con, and there's a show print exclusive that he's going to be giving out, and it's kind of highlighting. Uh, actually, I think it's a sort of a parody of Enter the, Enter the Dragon <laughs> using 
Lego ninjas. So, um, what? Yeah. So, uh, Legos in the news. And well, that uh, that's it for pretty this much week, winds, yeah. us, winds up. The yeah. next time you hear from us, we'll be exhausted and sated from, uh, you know, Comic-Con. four or yeah, five next, days of next time we'll have survived the total war. comics exposure. And uh, yeah. we'll be what's left of us. Uh, we'll be here to talk about what happened. Yeah, we'll have much to talk about. Oh, yes. So there's for once, it's truly said there's more to there's come. There's way more to Indeed, come. Indeed, <laughs> there is more to come. All right.